You're listening to Hands Off My Rack, a podcast dedicated to all things female fitness, health, and wellness. But we're not your average source of fitspo. We go beyond the Instagram workouts and trendy diets to provide you with honest, transparent, and evidence-based information. We're here to help you see through fitness fads and find out what really helps you become the healthiest and happiest version of yourself. Hey there, and welcome to Hands Off My Rack. My name is Talia, and I'm your host. Hands Off My Rack is dedicated to all things female fitness, health, and wellness. Just a heads up before we start today's episode, I'm recovering from strep throat, so my voice is a little hoarse, and I'm just struggling a little bit with my breathing, I'm not going to lie. So just bear with me during this episode. I hope it's not too annoying. So today we are going to be talking about some things, I guess is a good way to say, that you may think would indicate that you've had a good workout, but actually really aren't, believe it or not. So we're going to go over just a handful of things that are commonly to be indicators of having a really good workout that might not actually be true. And then on the other hand, we're going to be talking about some better indicators of having a good quality workout. We're going to be talking about soreness that is usually perceived to be a good sign of having a good workout. So a lot of people feel this way. If they aren't sore after a workout, then they probably didn't have a good workout, right? The issue with that is, believe it or not, soreness isn't necessarily an indicator of a good quality workout and actually being excessively sore can be a bad sign. Something that I hear kind of often actually is, hey, I'm not getting sore anymore. I don't understand what I'm doing. I think maybe I need to change up my program or do something different because I'm not getting sore anymore. And the reason why people feel this way is because we know that the process of building muscle is, you know, actually tearing the muscle fibers, having them heal stronger and bigger, correct? So we think that we need to feel proof that we actually tore those muscle fibers. The issue is, is that it can be a lot more complex. The entire process of rebuilding muscle fibers and protein synthesis and so on is actually a lot more complex than just, you know, I need to feel sore in order to know that I have built, you know, more muscle or I have done what I needed to do to build more muscle. That being said, our bodies are very incredible in the way that they adapt. So one big thing that happens is that you can be going through the correct processes that you need to be doing to build muscle but not experience soreness to a noticeable degree anymore because your body has just adapted to the stimulus that you're exposing it to. And does that sometimes mean that you have to switch it up in order to see more growth? Yeah, but it's usually not because you're not sore anymore. It's because you've plateaued whether strength or growth-wise, not necessarily because you're not sore. You'll probably stop being sore way before you actually plateau. So it is normal to feel 
some degree of soreness, usually a day or even the second day after a workout. But if you're experiencing extreme muscle soreness, it can be a really bad sign if it's, you know, getting in the way of you being able to continue to work out or like sit, walk, use the bathroom. It's usually a good sign that you either need to pull back or like switch up something else. It could be maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe you're not sleeping enough. Maybe you're not drinking enough water. You may actually be injuring yourself. You know, something was a movement that you're doing. You're not, it's not soreness. It's like injury. It's like an overuse, you know, whether, whatever it is. But excessive soreness is usually not a good sign. It's usually a signal that something may actually be wrong. So I've mentioned it on here before, but I've personally deal with DOMS which is delayed onset muscle soreness. So if I take a break from working out a certain muscle group, the next time I hit it, especially like if it's been a minute, whether like, you know, a few weeks or something, and for some reason I haven't, I don't know, I don't always hit shoulders. Like I've had programs that don't have shoulders in it or chest, right? Because it's not exactly adhering to my goals in in some instances of my training, right? So I've experienced delayed onset muscle soreness, which is known as DOMS. And that's pretty normal after you experience like a new stimuli with like a new workout or like a dramatic increase in intensity. And it usually lasts like three to five days. Like this is like, you know, one of those, oh my God, like I cannot move, right? It's actually, unfortunately... From what I, like my own personal research and what I've learned in classes and stuff like that, there really isn't a lot of explanation for why this happens. I personally believe it's just, it's like akin to getting a Brazilian wax, right? So your first wax, that shit hurts, right? It hurts really bad. You're you know, your flesh can even be sore, even though there's, you know, a whole science behind why. But over time, like, your body just gets used to the feeling, right? So to me, it's like that. It's an extreme stimulus that, you know, your body isn't used to and your body just has to get used to it over time. But that isn't what we're talking about. We're not talking about DOMS. We're talking about, like, You've been working out legs and you're consistently so sore that you can't even go up the stairs. So the moral of the story in this context is that soreness to an excessive degree is a pretty bad sign. And being sore from a workout doesn't necessarily mean that the workout was great. You know, you can actually have a shitty workout and be sore. Especially if you're dealing with form issues, improper load management, anything like that can be causing pretty excessive soreness and be indicative of actually a shitty workout instead of a good quality one. All right, so moving on to the next one. This one is going to be a little controversial. I'm going to immediately acknowledge that, but how difficult the workout was. So how often do we hear 
oh my god like you need to do this leg day the rocks leg day this person's workout oh working out with this person is so hard blah blah you know stuff like that the thing about that is just because a workout is difficult doesn't mean that it's optimal for whatever goals you have and on top of that sometimes when a workout is extremely difficult or challenging or intense it can actually be a really shitty workout because of something that we've talked about before central fatigue you know it there could be greater risk factors for injury there could be greater risk factors for something called rhabdomyolysis most muscle death stuff like that especially if you're not used to the intensity it can be more damaging than beneficial for you in terms of reaching your goals so remember like when we talk about these things we're always talking about in the context of reaching your goals everyone has different goals but if you're like us your goals are probably to grow your desired muscles you know look good feel good and get stronger so sometimes there's very difficult intense workouts that are more on par with i feel like athletic performance kind of because they need a certain degree of intensity that's akin to like simulating a game right so of course their workouts are going to be different um but basically if your goals are to you know squat more or to have bigger legs like something like doing 120 barbell squats is not going to like really help at all with that so this is kind of just in a generalized statement, but just because a workout was hard doesn't necessarily mean that it's optimal for you. And just because something is difficult or intense doesn't really mean that it's good, especially like when we see a lot of like these like glute workouts like that go viral on TikTok or Instagram. Sometimes they're like really difficult. One time I remember I tried to do like a barbell glute bridge and I literally almost decapitated myself and I was like this shit is so hard who the fuck why would I do this and I kind of just realized like we make things a lot more difficult sometimes than they need to be because we correlate difficulty with good and that's not always the case just because something is difficult doesn't mean that it's optimal or that it's beneficial or that it's not dangerous, or that it's not shitty. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, a good a good example of this is, like, the rocks leg day. That shit is way too much volume. Like, it's, like, not... It's not really optimal for, you know, growth or goals that we talk about on this podcast, but people like the challenge because that's... It is that it's challenging it's difficult and that's okay i do fun stuff like that all the time like today i was trying to do a sit-up with like a 65 pound with with a, a barbell with two tens on it you know with my hands extended is that optimal like is that going to do anything for my physique or my strength realistically no but it's fun and it's a challenge and that's okay but you just have to keep in mind that just because something is difficult or challenging it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like good quality in the context of what your goals are it's just like probably just a little awkward you know so i feel like a lot of workouts are difficult because they're like awkward patterns of movement 
and they're challenging in that sense. And a lot of movements are learned. I oh, so often I hear people like one of my first TikToks to go viral was me doing a sit up on a heavy bag, right? And people were like, the core strength you had to have and so on. And honestly, the core strength that I had at that time really wasn't really there, to be honest. It really wasn't developed, especially compared to now. The thing was, is that I had wanted to learn how to do that. And I learned a lot of things in in fitness and weightlifting and you know, just the space in general, are learned. So you you can see this in sometimes someone is really strong in one thing, right? In one specific movement pattern, like, and that's because when you practice the same thing over and over and over again, you develop strength in that specific movement pattern in that specific way of moving it doesn't necessarily mean general or overall strength it just is developed strength in that movement pattern with your body so my core strength really wasn't overall developed I still hurt my lower back because of an underdeveloped like what a year and a half later from that video that initially went viral and I but I had learned to do that because I wanted to do that. So that's something to keep in mind, too. Like, I really want to do a human flag, right? Do I think that my core is just way too weak to do a human flag? I don't think it's necessarily that. I just think that I think I could do all the core development I want. This is a better way to put it. I could do all the core development I want. It's not going to get me to do a human flag. I have to practice doing a human flag to do a human flag. You can have all the upper body strength you want. It's not going to get you to do a handstand more likely than not. I know some people can do a handstand off the bat, but usually more often than not, you still have to practice handstands to learn to do a handstand. So that's just what I mean. Sometimes we get strong in specific movement patterns, but it doesn't necessarily mean general strength. And we always had to keep that in mind when we see like some really cool or challenging movement. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's optimal or beneficial. I feel like I've been talking about being depressed a lot on the podcast recently, but I want to talk about it again. So when I was in high school and I played water polo, right, and I swam competitively, I would go to club practice at 7. So I had water polo club practice at 7 p.m. And it was like two and a half hours. So I wouldn't be done with club till like 9.30. And I was like 15, 16, 17, 18, however old. You know, I was in high school. So I was out late, you know, and I would get home. I, I would probably get a bite to eat maybe. Then I would get home and I would be wide awake, right? Even though I had just beat my body and swam for two and a half hours straight, treaded water for two and a half hours straight, threw my shoulder out 115 times, I was alert. I was awake. I was happy. I was in a great mood. I just 
felt like I could run a marathon, right? And it was because of, you know, all the good things that exercise gives us, all the endorphins, all the altered energy levels, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember thinking, like, when I went to college and I no longer played water polo, I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be depressed all the time because I don't have the thing that makes me happy anymore. And what I realized was it wasn't water polo that made me that happy. Like, I love the sport, but it was the exercise, right? So I was acclimating back to not being on a team sport. So working out on my own, where I wasn't really having good quality workouts, I was really like awkward and nervous about working out at my university gym because I was, you know, brand new and I didn't feel comfortable taking up space in the gym. So I would do my own little thing and I I wasn't getting a good workout in, right? So I thought, oh, it was the water polo. And over time, I realized it wasn't the water polo. It was the exercise. So uh, so often we think, oh, my God, that was such a good workout. I could literally take a nap. I'm going to sleep so well. I'm so exhausted. I need to, like, just lay down and stare at the ceiling. And that's actually not a good sign, right? You really shouldn't be completely exhausted, fatigued, feeling like you need to lay down, feeling like you need rest after a workout. A good quality workout should leave you full of energy, you know, elevated mood, feeling good. And if you're experiencing what we discussed before, there's a chance that you actually might be just pushing it a little too much. Because a very dramatic level of fatigue, tiredness, pain, you know, just exertion, it is a good indicator that you might be overtraining or pushing yourself too hard to a point where it is no longer optimal or beneficial for working toward progressing with strength or physique. And I am guilty of this, right? When I ran that 5K the other day, I, you know, I, I posted my numbers and my fastest pace was like a six-minute mile. Maybe that would be doable for someone else, but it is not for me. I never even ran a six-minute mile. I've never even ran sub-seven minutes. So for me to have been sprinting at that pace at any point of my three miles was pushing it too hard, right? I think that we have, you know, a tendency to do that because we just want to perform well and we want to feel like we're, you know, like that we left no- we left nothing on the table. We we gave it our all. And the thing about that is that there's no longevity in that. You know, you can't do that every workout. If you want to work out every day, if you want it to be a, a, like a part of your lifestyle, work out five or six times a week, you got to leave some stuff on the table. You know, you got to leave some stuff for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like you need to have energy for your day and for your other workouts. So when it comes to turning it into a lifestyle or turning it into a habit, 
it cannot be that intense. It cannot be to the point where you're dead because it's not sustainable and it's really not beneficial at the end of the day either because working out to that point, there's a good, a better chance of hurting yourself. There's a good chance you're overtraining. There's a good chance that you are, you know, overdoing it. So let's finish this up with some solid, you know, objective, good signs of a great workout, right? So I think the best way to really assess your progress is getting stronger. Um, because, you know, we all got a little bit of body dysmorphia or whatever. So, you know, some days you're going to feel big, some days you're going to feel small, and it is going to be very subjective. Of course, there are ways to assess your progress objectively, physically, uh, measurements, how your clothes fits, your weight, if you take progress photos, etc. But talking about in the context of, you know, the rest of the episode, getting stronger, you maybe you, you haven't been sore, you feel pretty normal after your workout, like you're not even, you're not even like dead, you're not drenched in sweat, nothing like that. But Every time you go and you hit that same body, that same muscle group that you hit last week, you're putting up five more pounds. That is a great sign. That's a sign that you're doing everything right, to be honest, because if you're not dying, if you're feeling relatively like normal, you're feeling good after your workout and you're getting stronger, that means that you're putting your body through the least amount of stress and damage possible while still progressing, getting stronger, and ergo, you know, getting bigger. So that is one of the best signs, in my opinion. Another thing is building endurance. So sometimes we think about endurance in the context of cardio, but it's it's pertinent in uh, weight training or resistance training as well. So if you used to do 12 reps of Bulgarian split squats, right, and you were like about a puke, I need to take a five-minute break, right? But the next week you do it and you're good to go after 45 seconds, that is a good sign that, like I said, you're doing everything right. You're developing muscle endurance. You're developing general endurance in your general fitness and your ability to recuperate relatively quickly after experiencing, you know, resistance training or some... degree of stress put upon your muscles and then of course we have you know physical progression that takes time but it's going to happen and just because you're not getting sore because your workouts haven't been so difficult but you know your pants fitting a little tighter your waist is shrinking you know body composition is changing that's a good sign that's a great sign even you're feeling good after your workouts, you're feeling better, like your energy is improving, you're sleeping better. Those are all great signs that being physically active and exercising in general is benefiting your overall health rather than possibly harming it if you were overtraining or overdoing it. So overall, I hope this was helpful because these were things that I wish I knew, to be honest. I wish I knew that these weren't the things that I needed as proof that I'm doing a good job or I'm doing enough. And I think that 
the overall theme of all of this is how important patience is when it comes to this. I know that it's annoying for it to take a long time for your muscles to grow or for you to get stronger. But the thing is, is that the time will pass by anyway. <laughs> you know, it, a year from now is still going to be a year from now. And you can either be a stronger, fatter ass version of yourself a year from now, or you cannot. So you might as well just be patient. I hope you guys have a great night. Sorry, Jasmine wasn't here today. She's busy doing her thing, you know, going to auditions and such. So she should be back next week. And I hope this episode wasn't too boring with just me. Have a great day, morning, night, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. And if you can, please leave a review for the show. It really helps a lot. Thank you, guys.